CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by HP and Bosch Software Innovations. Welcome to CIO Talk Radio with your host, Sunjog All. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjog All. Hello and uh, welcome to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. And as always, we invite you to join the discussion on Twitter, hashtag CTR Live, and look for this show as hashtag innovation. Today's topic is building the all-in-one CIO, and our guest for today's show is Joe Topinka. Uh, he's the CIO with Snap AV and is a CIO mentor, author, and executive coach. Hello, uh, Joe. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me on the show this morning. Oh, the honor is all ours. And then as we uh, round out 2014, uh, we're using this month to talk about the new year moving forward. Next week, we'll be discussing the 2015 agenda, the CIO agenda. But today, we wanted to dig into the increased evolution and uh, importance of IT to the organization today. So CIO today has to do it all. And they have to take pages from the newer roles of the chief digital officer in order to become the digital leaders of their enterprises. And so today's show asks how we build that all-in-one CIO who can do it all and remain competitive and relevant in the new digital economy. So, Joe, when you look at CIO's role, I'm sure it has evolved, and in different organizations, the reporting structure is different. And in many cases, you see now that CIOs are essentially or increasingly reporting to the CEO. So what is the increased or new or improved expectation from a CIO? Well, it's a great question. You know, I think um, when I talk to people about this, I, I, I start by just saying that everything is different now, and you alluded to some of those changes. Um, you know, the age of the customer, the mobile mind shift, you know, the social mobile big data, that, that whole movement is, is more than just, you know, Gartner hype. It's having a profound effect on every company. And in fact, I, I like to say that every company, regardless of how they go to market, is now a technology company. So as a consequence, it means that um, IT is the central nervous system of companies. And I think CIOs have to begin to act and think that way and have to move beyond sort of our adolescence evolution, um, you know, we're kind of in our, our teenage years. If you think about IT as a, a business discipline as compared to, say, HR, sales, marketing, those, those functions have been around for thousands of, or hundreds if not thousands of years. And so I think it's time, you know, the time is perfect for us to sort of step up and show what we can do in organizations. So that's, that's my, my take on it. So when you look at the CIO role and then you see alongside the chief digital officer is uh, is coming up and then you find the CDO, which is again another D, which is for data. So all of that earlier was implied as, as included in the CIO's camp. And now we are trying to split it. Do you think that's because the CIOs have enough on their plate and this this is something new which a CIO is not essentially trained for or doesn't have experience in and that's why we are splitting those roles or is it more of a spillover effect? You know, I think it's, you know, it could be any number of those, but I think the primary issue is that the C-suite confidence gap in IT is still fairly high. And um, one interesting set of stats, I, I saw an article um, written by Gartner that said that the 
level of interest by CEOs in IT is the highest it's been in decades. And yet their top three priorities don't include IT. In fact, they're not spending more on digital marketing and, and less than 8% are spending more on the Internet of Things. So I think part of that comes from the fact that too many C-suite execs still think IT doesn't matter. They think IT um, they cost too much. They're unfamiliar with IT. Uh, most of those C-suite execs are, you know, mid to late 50s. Their boards of directors now are, are in the, you know, in their mid 60s. So a lot of those folks are pre-digital. And so I think a, a lot of that, you know, comes from C-suite's reaction to the marketplace, and they want more from IT, and they're not getting it from some CIOs. Um, Forrester Research talks about the C-suite view of IT, and and over somewhere between 50 to 70% of C-suite execs think that IT doesn't collaborate on business strategy and innovation, for example. They don't think we have the right back office um, support and and services. They don't think we deliver projects on time, which is sort of an age-old issue. They even think that our business analysis skills are not up to par um, and that we need to do more to make our business offerings within the organization understandable and easy to consume. So I think a lot of that leads to sort of a, re- a knee-jerk reaction where they're looking for more value and more bottom-line results. And so they're, you know, I think organizations reach for other roles to sort of overcome the problems that many CIOs have had within organizations. So traditionally, as they, even the acronym says, Chief Information Officer, essentially, which means that you're managing information. And whenever you do any kind of management, which is which is basically a cost, you definitely do not get that level of attention. And you're always looked at whenever you approach the C-suite, they would think you as you're asking for more money for managing something which they could perceivably uh, managing with a lesser cost. So, But now look at the CDO, which could be two flavors, chief digital officers who are supposed to enable the digital life of an enterprise, which will essentially bring new models and new revenue streams. And then chief data officers who are supposed to be essentially taking care of the insights that you can get from data, which in turn could allow you to uh, creatively uh, innovate within the product and solutions and services that you offer to your customers. So both of them look like top line heavy. And that's why these two roles at least are are uh, being introduced into the organizations and they're being kept separate from the CIO. Would you think it is too ambitious for CIO to say, I can do that too, and then say, okay, I'm going to take this under my wing. And even though you don't build a specific role for CDO, which is chief digital officer, or CDO, which is chief data officer, let's do all of that in me, in, in, in my organization, let me create roles. So is, is that being proposed? Is this, is this how it is going right now? Well, I think in some organizations, and I, I, I think especially in organizations that haven't responded to the age of the customer, and I think that part of the issue is that as uh, too many IT leaders, and the, the research backs this up, they don't speak consistently about how they influence the business. They don't know how to articulate IT's value proposition. So I think the answer is, you know, yes, it could work any number of ways, but regardless of how it works, I think CIOs and IT leaders in general have to become more bilingual. They have to understand not only the business of technology, but the business of making money and how their company competes. And so I think the way I like to describe it is, you know, regardless of who you are in, in, within IT as a profession, 
I think we've spent a long time um, um, focusing on sort of um, the bottom layer of IT, the IT operational layer, which is where you've got things like um, help desk and databases and phones and servers and all of those things that are, I would characterize as non-commodity um, technology services. You need them to, to operate, but, but they don't really differentiate. And as a result, I think some, too many CIOs spend a lot of time at that sort of technology layer. And I think as an industry, we've got to start focusing on business operations and external customers. Because if you start thinking about how to help supply chains and finance deliver on their strategic objectives, you start to help move the needle on strategic um, advantages. And then if you spend, and, and what I really love to do as an IT leader is get our IT organizations involved with external customers. And so when you do that, you start to gain insights and you start to get power that you don't have otherwise. You see how customers are engaged. And I think to kind of connect a couple of dots, when you think about the mobile mind shift that's happening where consumers and customers, whether you're wholesale or retail, expect that the companies they interact with will have technologies that show up on mobile devices, um, that's where customer engagement really happens. And so to the extent that IT organizations can understand that engagement when they're out in the field and seeing how customers actually uh, work with your company's products and services, um, you'll be well-informed to understand how to address those issues, whether it has to do with information that they're trying to consume through, through the, the sort of the chief data officer avenue that you spoke of, or whether it's chief digital officer. I think the real secret is to get IT out of the basement and start focusing on, on specifically how IT can actually help move the needle on strategy. So I've spent my career trying to learn how to do that more effectively. Um, I also like to think about a couple of different um, customer axioms that I teach my IT organizations to really hold on to. The first one is fairly straightforward. It's this notion that the customer experiences the brand. Uh, and the second thing that I like to highlight is that I like to say that we need to hide the technology and surface the work. And the best way to do that is to get engaged with business operations as well as with external customers. And the really good news in this is that if you get to that external customer layer, um, I love the research that PwC did about a year ago where they, they, they talk about their digital IQ. They say that when IT organizations are, are closely knit with the C-suite and, and you really understand external customers, you're four times more likely to hit revenue and profit targets. So there's a very compelling reason for IT leaders to start thinking differently about how, how we deliver our services overall. So when we look at these three roles and we are trying to combine into one. Realistically, do you think we should assume that suddenly, miraculously, uh, the CIO can acquire those rather different and new skills and or somehow acquire that talent and manage it uh, in, in such a way that suddenly IT becomes a source of revenue streams and innovation and, and insights that could be offered to the business? You know, it's a great question. I think you know, some CIOs are step, definitely stepping up to the plate and they're, they're addressing that. And they're doing it not so much on their own, but they're hiring those skills and bringing them in. And these are people that are bilingual, that understand the, the data that drives the business. And quite frankly, at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter where that function um, aligns within the organization as long as there's um, what I call business and technology convergence happening, where IT and every other business unit within the organization are intertwined and inseparable. 
So there, there's no longer the silo that IT is considered outside of the business. It's, it's a, a natural peer. Whether you have a chief data officer or a chief digital officer or whatever, as long as IT is playing in that space and actually helping to drive results, um, it, it becomes less important as to whether or not that's specifically the CIO's function or whether that's some other function that is closely connected to IT. Um, and I think it's really, you know, I think a part of this too is that CIOs need to do a better job of explaining um, this this tsunami that's hitting us, this digital tsunami, and they have to help the C-suite sort of overcome their fear of IT, so that you know IT isn't you know viewed as this necessary evil. Um, but I think specifically to answer your question, I think yeah, some CIOs are able to step up and deliver those results, those top or bottom line results that the C-suite's so hungry for, and some are not. And in those cases. Organizations do have to move forward, and they have to drive value. and And, and those CIOs are going to find their their way, you know, towards um, a role that is less impactful overall. So those are my my thoughts on that front. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And when we come back, uh, Joe, let's look at what Steve Jobs said. It says, "Stay hungry, stay foolish." Is it possible for CIO who is way too close to the execution of whatever strategies that we try to put out there, and and because they are way too close, do you think there is a tendency to start evaluating what we can realistically do or versus what we should be doing or what we ought to be doing? So you can only be foolish when you do not know and ignorance is bliss, and sometimes that could become the source of innovation. And if you, they were to within their organization, wear the hat of chief digital officer or chief data officer, then will they be, again, um, will have that as a handicap that they know way too much that how to execute it, and that's why they would not go all the way and and do the kind of innovation that you expect out of such a role or, or such a department. So please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Find out how the HP as a service solution for SAP HANA can help you gain instant, impactful business results without capital investment by logging on to hp.com. Transform information into intelligence and a competitive advantage with a full spectrum of SAP HANA products and services from HP, a global SAP hosting partner. Bosch Software Innovations is proud to sponsor this program. Visit www.bosch-si.com forward slash connected manufacturing to find out how Bosch can help you improve your operational performance and become a manufacturing industry leader in a connected world. Change the way you predict, manage, and produce outcomes. Bosch Connected Manufacturing. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. 
If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sun Joke All. Welcome back. So, stay hungry, stay foolish. How can a CIO do it when they're too close to the execution? Should they change the way they think that is inside out and start thinking outside in? I absolutely think that that's critical. And I think it's because, you know, not to beat a dead horse, but I think the 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 social media and mobile shift that's happening, the, the age of the customer, um, customers have more influence over brand price and everything else. And so I think, you know, if CIOs spend all their time on that, the, as I was talking about just before the break, on that technology layer, they're the ones that are going to lose in the at the end of the day. And that's where, you know, they're not going to earn the right to expand their roles and do the kinds of things that we're talking about in terms of, of, of the other roles, the chief digital officer, chief data officer. Um, and I think that, you know, it starts with making sure that the C-suite, um, you know, becomes more comfortable with the role that IT can play. I think we use language as IT leaders that really sort of get in the way. Uh, one of my um, most uh, uh, favorite things that I teach people not to do is, is to talk about aligning IT to the business, because I think that that's what sort of puts us outside of the business. And so when C-suite executives are hearing about big data or they're t- hearing about the digital tsunami, they don't naturally think about IT. They think about, you know, servers and dial tone and email. Um, and, you know, this, this idea that you have to align IT to the business presumes that IT is not part of the business. And that's the mistake that we as IT leaders have made. And so I think we've got to earn our way back into the C-suite by being able to, you know, speak intelligently about um, initiatives that drive top or bottom line and that we're out meeting with external customers. And that's where the innovation starts to happen. Um, I have spent um, many years um, at the several companies that I've been CIO at where we spend time in the field. Lots of innovations um, come from those engagements with customers. Customers oftentimes don't know how to articulate the problems that they're feeling as they're engaged with customers, and the best way to see those sometimes is to see them actually um, uh, engage real time with 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 customers. And so those that's where the pain points surface; those moments of truth surface. And I think you have to, as a CIO, if you're thinking about R and D and innovation. You can't just have that as an affirmation. You really need to put some time and energy into into framing up how you're going to go after innovation. And that's not something you do by yourself. You actually partner with other aspects of the business to do that. So in the retail world, you know, you could certainly work with the retail operations team to think about innovations with smartphone technology and how you might engage customers in stores while they're there, as an example. And you can play with those technologies. And I think if CIOs are more proactive and they think about those what-if scenarios, they're going to be more likely perceived as someone who's more forward thinking and not so much, you know, that, that person who just runs the phone system. Um, we also do one other thing that I think causes this problem to occur and causes this bifurcation of the role. We, we, we've used this language uh, where we talk about customers um, as though internal departments, as though they're customers. We say that sales is our customer or marketing is our customer. That's not powering up our language. I think we have to start calling those organizations our colleagues or peers. 
So a lot of the, the problems that we're faced with today are a byproduct of the alignment language or the, you know, internal departments are customers language. So we've sort of created our own problems. And then we haven't re- responded aggressively to the needs of the marketplace um, by really getting out and understanding what the age of the customer, the mobile mind shift and um, the social cloud and, and mobile, um, you know, tsunami shifts are, are really having on companies. Do you think um, CIOs can be the data dreamers and the digital dreamers, which means you are able to see what the data is, what's the inside, what a typical CDU and their crew would do, and or digital dreamers? Because they are supposed to be managers traditionally. Are you thinking that there would be some some fundamental shift in the way they will handle or perhaps they will create two different silos or not silos, basically two different departments within the same CIO organization where there are dreamers and then there are execution folks. I do think that that's, that's critical. In fact, I, I, you know, from, from an IT operations perspective, um, you know, I encourage the IT organizations that I work for to embrace cloud computing. Um, there are so many different options such as Office 365, um, and a host of other salesforce.com if you're in the CRM space where IT organizations don't necessarily have to spin those platforms up on a server and do you know software upgrades and operating system upgrades to handle that. So the more you can sort of shift that to partners, uh, the more your attention can focus on more value-added capabilities, those that help differentiate in the marketplace. So I do think that IT organization, one aspect of it is going to be more a managed service provider when you're managing you know, your email service provider or your, your cloud-based solution providers. Um, and then you're going to have a group, um, I think, within IT organizations that are more focused on, you know, external customers or maybe mining data. Um, but I think the other phenomenon that I've seen, and we've all struggled with this big data phenomenon, many organizations, many IT leaders that I speak to around the country all struggle with what to do with with data. And I think you really need to hire people who are more inclined to understand how to mine data and how to leverage it. Um, that's not necessarily something that IT can do just naturally. So, you, you know, you find, I know that we've referred to those as data scientists. These are people who can really sort of connect the dots between disparate um, pieces of information and deliver that back in a consumable way to business leaders. And I think whether that's IT doing that or whether that's some other organization within the company doing it, IT certainly plays a role on the infrastructure side. Um, but IT, if it doesn't do it, I think you'll, you'll find that other uh, C-suite executives are going to go out and try to find that, uh, those answers on their own. You mentioned that we should hire the data scientists and many such people who could do the dreaming and come up with insights. Now, realistically, do you think it is better that they are all put in this one monolithic group of technology or IT department, or they are better served when they are given the fresh air where they are able to span across the organizations or put in a place where they can actually listen and and be open versus always having to go through this layer that a data scientist is supposed to go through the CIO's filter for them to go out and talk to a business unit. That's an excellent question, and you know, and I think whether it's data scientists or whether you're you're implementing a business relationship management role, you really want to align. And I I don't want to use that word align because I just said let's not do that. But let, you know, you want to associate an individual with those skill sets to a specific business area. 
and I and I think the, their primary role is to, you know, understand the goals and objectives of that business unit, and then try to help make that happen, and not be encumbered necessarily by, you know, what the CIO necessarily thinks. Um, you know, so our, the business partner roles that I've implemented, as an example, would, you know, and the and the and the data scientist roles that I've implemented, are are more aligned to you know various business segments. So, for example, um, you know, if you think about external customers, there are systems of engagement, um, products that actually touch customers. So I'll align business partners and other resources to that, that function versus, you know, aligning them to a, a business system per se or, or an application per se. So I think about systems of engagement and, and systems that touch customers, and, and I try to align our, our business relationship managers and other resources to those functions because that's closer to where the problems and issues are. Um, and, I, and those people really need to, to know how and learn how to make that, um, that business unit that they're working with understand that their first priority is their business um, and trying to help them meet their, their objectives. So in a way... I don't think it necessarily matters who they report to. It's more about how are they actually delivering value. Um, I do think, though, that there's one aspect of this that I think is um, overlooked sometimes. And I think, um, I think the most effective IT organizations are those that are bilingual, those that understand the business of technology and understand the business objectives of the company and then know how to bridge that chasm. That's where you get tremendous amount of power. And when you look at the research, that's where, you know, PwC and the uh, business technology convergence organizations have all said that when you get that close-knit relationship and you're intertwined, that's where you get better results and, and, and versus peer groups. So I, I, I think that's hard to sort of replicate outside of IT. Um, and you get those holy wars that occur um, where you get infighting um, and, and turf building and those things don't really help uh, companies compete effectively. So uh, those are those are the approaches that I've taken, and, and um, it's it's more trying to align and think through how um, how you go to market as a company, and then align IT resources to help enable that um, growth and strategy for each of those business units. Since CIO is a leadership role, and you're not expected as a leader to acquire those specific execution skills. And to some extent, you also hire your lieutenants to be able to manage the process. You are, as a CIO, mostly about envisioning and helping remove the roadblocks, et cetera, et cetera. Now, with that said, with these new skills or new uh, competencies or, or capabilities to deliver uh, insights and deliver some digital disruption and or innovation, what changes in the skills competencies that a leader will need to have or have to acquire in order to be able to do justice to, uh, or, or you can say, be qualified to lead those functions? You know, I think the skill set that I seem to um, align with most uh, readily is um, a skill set that, you know, um, that, that I, I like to use Gallup's um, strength finders uh, terms to sort of describe this, but I think connectedness is one of those skills that um, CIOs of the future will really benefit from. So those are people that can see events and circumstances that others can't see. And, you know, a great example of that was, you know, Steve Jobs back in the day when he connected the music industry uh, and the iPod initially to create that ecosystem that really 
took the world by storm. It wasn't that Steve Jobs and the iPod were the first to create a music platform, but he did it in such a way that he he was able to zoom out and then zoom back in and, and offer up a solution that really resonated with consumers. And I think that 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 connectedness strength is something that we need to nurture within CIOs. We need to be able to see, you know, what is the big picture and how, and ask the what if questions, being futuristic as Gallup Strength Finder says, you know, asking those what if questions and not being afraid to let go of the systems of the past. So those are the skills that I really, you know, align to and resonate with when I think about um, future of business and the future of the IT profession. Um, and it's it's such an interesting time to be in IT. I have uh, my youngest daughter um, is in college now, and I've I've encouraged her to follow um, an IT career path. And so many kids are not doing that. But what I'm what I've done with my family is try to under, help them understand that IT is more than just the bits and bytes. Um, and I think if you can you can bring it back to you know, this connectedness strength and the futuristic strength and then apply both your knowledge of the business and, and your knowledge of technology that you can bring to the fore those capabilities that companies need in order to succeed in the future. Let's take a quick break, listeners, and, and let's uh, come back and discuss the strategic focus that we are seeing to digitalization. And at the same time, we want to have uh, the operational efficiency and reduce costs. So we did talk about the two-speed IT in our past shows. Let's discuss that in the mindset, in, in this particular context where we want to build this all-in-one CIO. So can a CIO lead the troops in two different speeds, two different mindsets? Can they split their brain? Please stay tuned. Let's, we'll be right back. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. Bosch Software Innovations is proud to sponsor this program. Visit www.bosch-si.com forward slash connected manufacturing to find out how Bosch can help you improve your operational performance and become a manufacturing industry leader in a connected world. Change the way you predict, manage, and produce outcomes. Bosch Connected Manufacturing. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Find out how the HP as a service solution for SAP HANA can help you gain instant, impactful business results without capital investment by logging on to HP.com. Transform information into intelligence and a competitive advantage with a full spectrum of SAP HANA products and services from HP, a global SAP hosting partner. listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. 
Welcome back. So we have been talking about this two-speed or multi-speed IT. Do you think a leader who is supposed to lead the troops and kind of build the right mindset, the culture, could they have a split brain uh, personality and or, or competency to be able to handle those both of those speeds in order for them to kind of do justice to the innovation on one hand and operational efficiency on the other? You know, I think a great question. Um, I, a lot of it comes down to who does the CIO surround themselves with. And, you know, CIOs have a very difficult job because you've got one foot in the past and one in the future. And um, that's a paradox that Martha Heller writes about in um, her CIO Paradox uh, book, uh, which I really like. And and I think that that's, that's something that I think we need to, you know, uh, explore a bit. And I, I think part of the issue is, you know, when, when CIOs take on initiatives, um, you've really got to think about how you drive those to completion. Um, and first, you know, you've got to really understand how is whatever you take on um, in driving top or bottom line. If, if you can't answer the top or bottom line question, then maybe risk comes into the conversation. So I think um, IT leaders need to, you know, when you think about uh, wearing those two hats, run the business efficiently and, and I think take on those strategic initiatives and make sure that resources are, are, are secured and are committed to those resources. The big challenge that we have, though, once we do that is there are very real issues that come up operationally every day. And so as, as I've learned how to do this more effectively as a CIO, what I've done is I've created, um, in effect, a, a multi-pronged approach where I have a team of resources that are focused on those big, very public strategic initiatives, and then I have a team that is focused on two operational initiatives, um, operational projects for one, and then information-based projects for, for a, a second example. So operationally, what I've done is I've created a safety valve, and this is a small group of resources, and you can scale this number up or down depending on the organization's appetite. But you know, the, the thing that derails strategic projects are operational needs, and so that's why I've separated the two groups. So from an operations perspective, when I reserve people and resources to work on smaller scale projects, and I typically define those as 90-day um, projects or less, uh, we're able to create sort of a safety valve um, and actually meet those operational needs of the organization. So that's where, you know, an, a CIO can wear two hats. You can make sure that strategic projects are happening and you're out in the field meeting with external customers. And then you have a team of people that are focused on the operations of the business. I mentioned reporting and information. I've also created an operational team that responds um, daily to the operational needs of the firm in terms of information needs, whether it's a I need this report sort of question or can you help me analyze this data sort of question or can you download this information and dump it into a spreadsheet for me. So I've created those sort of operational safety valves so that the strategic resources are preserved and they're not distracted by the very real needs of the, of the operations every day. And I think as CIOs, we need to think about how to structure our team so that we can respond to the very real needs of both the strategy of the firm as well as the operations of the firm. So your response indicates that if you put resources in place and create a good management structure, then this problem of uh, you know, having two teams, which may be of different DNA, uh, can coexist within the same organization. 
That's exactly right. I think you, you really have to be disciplined about it, though. And I think, you, you know, one of the, the key gotchas that I've experienced is this last loudest voice syndrome. So you're, you're always going to have a C-suite executive that has uh, a lot of influence in a company. And if you have this framework in place where you've committed resources um, strategically to, to key projects and you have operational projects, one of the ways that I've helped to combat that last loudest voice syndrome is by getting the C-suite to commit to meeting with IT on a very regular basis for one hour a month, for example. And when you do that, um, most C-suite execs, when you say, hey, let's meet for an hour a month to talk about IT initiatives, um, their eyes will roll back in their head. Um, but I, I typically like to remind them that if they're going to, um, I, I like to say, bitch, moan, and whine about IT spending or BMW drive about it, um, then, you know, let's at least commit yourself to one hour a month to talk about those investments. And I also like to teach them that they're not IT investments, they're business technology investments, because there's very little that we do in IT that is specifically for IT. We're usually driving value, hopefully driving value, and, and moving the needle on strategy. But what I like to do is, in those meetings, I do five things. First, I celebrate what we've done for the organization since the last time we met. And when I do that, I like to talk about how we drove top or bottom line or how we address some risk-based issue. The second thing I like to do is track the investments that we've um, agreed to undertake so they can see the good, bad, and ugly of every investment. And then if there are new ideas, and this is what gets to this last loudest voice issue, if there are new ideas that have surfaced, we bring them right to that organization, right to that C-suite team, and say, hey, we've got this new idea. Um, we think it's got some legs, and we can either take it on with additional resources or we should queue it up. Um, uh, and pick it up the moment we have resources free up, et cetera. And you know, if there's an idea that doesn't uh, merit taking on, then you, you, you discuss that with the C-suite and you collectively say, let's put that one on the back burner. Uh, and then so that's the, the fourth thing is prioritizing. Where does that investment concept uh, fit in? And then the fifth thing you do is you communicate those decisions across the organization because the more they understand what IT is working on, the, the more transparency you'll achieve um, and that people won't be wondering, what is that black hole of IT working on? There's a, there's a very public communication going on that helps to engage the, the executive team. Now, what, what you just mentioned here uh, in terms of the capabilities this person uh, needs to have. Now, do you think like when we have any new staff member hired or any lieutenant hired, we, we just do check that whether this person has the potential to get there. Do you think there would be an opportunity for an organization or a self-diagnosis done by the CIO himself or herself to say, can they really handle it? Why to create undue pressure and stress for anyone within the organization if we can find out that we are not simply cut out for it? Boy, that is that is an excellent question, and I think hiring is is going to become central as as resources are so scarce within IT. Um, I just left the Minneapolis market where um, unemployment in IT was less than one percent, and I'm now um, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, and so, for those of you who know the weather conditions in both those cities, you can understand why I might make a move like that. But but quite frankly, you you know you've got to think through which folks are going to really fit and have the right sort of um, business capabilities blended with IT capabilities. And if, if, if you can't find people that meet those needs, you, you've got to keep searching. I would add one more thing to that. As you bring on new C-suite executives, 
IT needs to think about how to onboard that executive from an IT perspective. I talked earlier on in the conversation this morning about business and technology convergence. And so when that new C-suite exec comes on, you really need to spend time explaining what that really means and how IT is engaged with external customers or engaged with the operations of the business in a way that really drives meaningful value. And so you need to expose um, you know, the, the business investment process and how you look at those investments. In my book, IT Business Partnerships, I have uh, an investment scoring tool that I've used very successfully at a, a variety of companies, including now my new company, SnapAV. And so the more you can expose those tools and techniques to the organization, especially as you onboard new employees and you onboard new executives, the more success you're going to have down the road in getting that C-suite executive team to really think about IT differently. So what you shared was excellent in terms of the resource who you end up hiring. How about putting yourself to the test as a leader and making sure that if you're going to stay in an organization, you really continue to create value if you are changing the makeup of an organization, which will have the digital leaders as well as the data leaders, along with the information management leaders. So if you have to lead the troops and if you feel that you are not capable of doing it, why to live in stress and pressure, might as well move to an organization where you are a better fit. So is there something that leaders can ask themselves? or have some other help given to them so that they, they themselves are able to do justice to the position. You know, self-awareness and self-assessment, especially in a group setting, is very difficult. And, I, you know, when I talk to CIOs about my business partner program, as I describe it, invariably, most of the CIOs I talk to tell me privately, they tell me publicly, yep, I get it, I'm on it, and we do all those things that you're describing. But yet privately they say, well, we're not doing that well. And when I have an opportunity to talk to their C-suite counterparts, they underscore the negative side of that equation. And, and they, they say their CIOs oftentimes really don't have um, the wherewithal to really self-assess their own performance. And I think you have to be willing as a CIO to be vulnerable, which is a very scary thing to do because, you know, your career is sort of wound up in your own personal reputation within companies. And one way to do that is to, to really self-assess and to take, you know, take the time to meet with each C-suite executive and really ask them for their honest feedback. And another quick way to, to do that is to take a look at the IT portfolio and ask and, and, and take a look and see whether or not it's actually driving top or bottom line um, value. And that's the other thing that, I, that surprises me when I talk to C-suite execs and with CIOs. When I ask them, are you able, do you know what's in the portfolio and do you know how it's driving top or bottom line? Invariably, some say yes, but many say no. They're not really quite sure. Um, a lot of those projects get on the list because of an influential C-suite exec. So I think um, CIOs can ask themselves how they're performing by simply looking at the investment portfolio and looking at the track record of the company and identifying whether or not they can see how the projects that they're undertaking are driving top-line growth, as an example. If you're not able to do that, then you, you might want to ask yourself, um, how you can change that equation so that you start to to show how you can actually drive that sort of value in the companies that you serve. Either we change or we perish. Perish not necessarily in, in physical world, but at least professionally and not be relevant. So that's a huge risk for any CIO who's paid the dues is not at the top. And now they have to change and so, so that becomes an important question because there's a lot riding on it. How does an organization make sure 
that that assessment, whether done by themselves or somebody from outside uh, with outside help, is performed in a very objective manner, and then appropriately actions are taken. And and how do you make sure that this individual is is open to something like this? Well, all really tough questions, and I think the answers are many. I think part of it comes from. Um, you know, finding leaders that are willing to look at their own performance honestly and objectively. And I think if the C-suite sort of lays out a strategy that says, look, we're going to move in this new direction and we're going to drive value from technology, whether it's from the core IT organization or whether it's from a chief digital officer or a chief data officer, that's a decision that I think a lot of CIOs sometimes argue with. So that's what I call arguing with reality. And I think you, you really have to, you know, think about personal accountability and you have to ask yourself, how are you contributing to enabling that vision and strategy? And it's very difficult for some leaders that I've talked to to really sort of step back and look at their own performance. And so when that happens over time, you, you know, what happens is C-suite executives see that, get frustrated with it, and then they take that CIO out to task or they look for a new CIO and, and sometimes it, the outcomes are not are not that great because the CIO ends up losing their job. So I think it's inevitable. And as we move from adolescence to maturity as IT professionals, I think we have to up our game. We have to hold ourselves accountable to a higher standard and, and learn how we can drive value. We have to be bilingual. We have to know how to speak the language of business and talk about IT's value proposition as well as understand how to leverage technology on the operations side. And that means partnering, partnering with um, you know strategic vendors like Microsoft for Office 365, for example, or Salesforce.com for CRM. Um, and not push back um, and, and sort of open, open your eyes and open your operating platform to those sorts of things. But a lot of it comes back to, you know, giving the CIO permission to look at their own, own performance objectively and, and, and aligning it and, and, and identifying how it actually drives value for the company that they serve. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back and let's talk culture. So whether it is CIO or... Uh, the people within that group, it will all come down to the culture that gets established where everyone contributes so that we are able to help create someone or not rather create, but help someone evolve from a regular information management leader to end that all in one CIO. What is what is the culture? What should that culture look like? And who all should participate in developing that culture? Because even sometimes leaders need help. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Bosch Software Innovations is proud to sponsor this program. Visit www.bosch-si.com forward slash connected manufacturing to find out how Bosch can help you improve your operational performance and become a manufacturing industry leader in a connected world. Change the way you predict, manage, and produce outcomes. Bosch Connected Manufacturing. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Find out how the HP as a service solution for SAP HANA can help you gain instant, impactful business results 
without capital investment by logging on to hp.com. Transform information into intelligence and a competitive advantage with a full spectrum of SAP HANA products and services from HP, a global SAP hosting partner. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So we need a culture where everyone thrives, including the CIO who's expected to adopt and embrace these new ways of thinking and maybe new skills and competencies. Who builds that culture, including the CIO, so that they are given the required help and support? Great question. I think it's, um, as you said, it it starts with the C-suite and with the CIO. And I think um, uh, that's fundamental. And without that um, as a starting point, I think you'd be hard-pressed to get any cultural change to happen within an organization. Um, but I think the change that we're talking about um, and the evolution of IT, those things are not, um, you know, if or maybes. Those are realities. And I think uh, we've got to, as an industry, sort of, um, you know, lead the charge by helping the C-suite see how we can actually add value. And, and I think CIOs can if they want to be in the driver's seat on that cultural shift. But I think, too, um, CIOs need to spend time with their own organizations, teaching them that, you know, they're not victims in all of this, that they're actually um, part of the solution. So a lot of it is just reorienting people's thinking and a lot allowing, not allowing people to sort of judge and question strategies um, that the organization may set forth, but more ask questions about how can we as an IT organization help lead that change and how can we contribute to its success. So I think, um, you know, change is hard for the unready. And I think the more we realize that we have choices to make, uh, the more that we can be at the forefront of leading that cultural shift within organizations. Now, when you look at the way the predictions are for CIO and the type of things that they will be doing. Do you think whatever we discussed in terms of just aligning their staff and also making some changes for themselves is good enough? Or do you think there are some changes which are coming, which would require us to stretch ourselves even more? I I do think that there are changes coming. And I think it's not just the IT organization that has, we need to focus on. It's the whole organization. I think this whole issue about how IT is outside of the business today in most companies, how, which which is where this alignment language comes from. Um, I think the cloud, social, mobile, big data, that tsunami that is hitting every company that is, as I said earlier, making every company a technology company is going to require different thinking at every level. Um, and systems of engagement are really going to be the secret sauce for company success down the road uh, because customers have so much influence over um, engagement. And that's not just consumer-based engagement either. That, that's also for companies that are traditionally business-to-business like the one I work for today. 
our our customers are very active in social media channels, and so to ignore those things um, is to ignore um, reality and to you find yourself on the wrong side of history. So I think it's not just the IT organization that has to embrace the cultural shift. It's the whole organization that has to do that. And I think CIOs can take the lead role by helping the C-suite see how the Internet of Things and the mobile mind shift and big data and cloud computing all contribute to shaping the new futures that are out there for every company. We are expecting a whole lot from this all-in-one CIO. And of course, we discussed about having the C-suite supporting this individual. Now, there are people who are reporting to this all-in-one CIO, and I'm sure they would like to be led by an individual who's able to successfully assume the role and execute on it. What should be the change in mindset from the lieutenants and or other people within the technology department so that they come across as as people who really want to be led by this individual and are ready to support? Well, I think it's leadership. I think people are hungry for leadership, whether you're in IT or not in IT. And if you're an IT professional, you absolutely want the CIO to have a seat at the table and lead the charge. Um, Every organization that I've come into, people tell me privately that they're just hungry for someone to, you know, show the C-suite how IT can have a legitimate seat at the table. And so I think um, I think the more that CIOs take that leadership role and they spend time actually teaching their IT organizations, and that, that means everyone at every level, how IT contributes to top or bottom line. That's the shift that I think people want to make. People want to be part of something, and more than just the IT organization, they want to be part of a winning company. And so when, the more you can sort of connect all those dots as an IT leader, uh, the more success I think you'll have. What do you think would be a good advice for such folks who are CIOs today or aspiration, you know, they're aspiring CIOs and they want to become that all-in-one CIO in coming days? Where should they go to acquire those skills? Where do they go to practice uh, those skills? And where do they go to find the help when they very much need it? Um, great questions, um, all of them. Um, well, I, I, I have to, I'd have to tell you that I think that reading my book, IT Business Partnerships, might be a good start. But um, beyond that, I think I've been concentrating on success, successful CIOs that have um, bridged the chasm between business stakeholders and IT. Look for folks that have done that. Become bilingual. And the best way I know how to do that is to become customer-obsessed. I think you need to spend time as a CIO with external customers. The more you do that, the more you'll realize how your company goes to market and how customers engage with your company. And that's how you're going to move from service provider to business peer. Um, And you're going to help demystify, um, you know, IT. You're not going to be seen as a mysterious chest of secrets. You're going to be known as a trusted advisor because you you'll be able to articulate um, you know customers needs and, and and wants more effectively so i think look for you know opportunities to become customer obsessed think about it's value proposition from a business perspective and then you know proactively work with the c suite to help them understand what business and technology convergence is all about and what that actually drives in terms of business results 
On behalf of the show and our listeners, I'd really like to thank you, Joe, for sharing your thoughts on what can we do together to support that individual who is at the top as a CIO to become that one all-in-one CIO and what they can do themselves to be able to get to that dream state so that they can continue to create value for the organization. Well, thank you so much, and it was an honor to, to talk with you today. Thank you so much again. And uh, listeners, please like us on Facebook, search for Seattle Talk Radio, and be sure to follow us on Twitter. And don't forget to uh, subscribe to our newsletter. Thank you again for listening to CIO Talk Radio. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Please join Sun Joke All next Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Central Time, and 10 a.m. Eastern Time for another hour of CIO Talk Radio on the Voice America Business Channel. CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by HP and Bosch Software Innovations.